can anyone, whether they want to work in a language school or privately from their own laptop anywhere in the world, create a rewarding and impactful career teaching English as a second language, even if they are just starting out or have no teaching experience or ability. Hi, my name is Lynette Kim and here on the TESOL Talk podcast, I aim to answer that very question. I've been asked a number of times, what are my most enjoyable TESOL teaching experiences or ESL teaching experiences? And it's a really hard one because, you know, you enjoy different things for different reasons. And I've always really enjoyed where it's made an impact on students' lives. But those things can take time and it's not necessarily a one-off experience. Like if you're thinking about a day or a particular lesson. So I'm going to focus on particular lessons or activities that I mean, students have absolutely enjoyed the most and and as a result, so have I. Um, so first one that I'm going to start off with, and I'm not putting these in order of the most enjoyable either because um, that's really hard to do. But um, number one I'm going to go with is uh, where we had um, a group of students. I had this particular classroom for uh, 12 weeks and they were fantastic students, loved them to death. I mean, we we're all just like family and it was, you know, their graduation. So after a 12-week period, you know, classes turn over, you have holiday periods. So this was at the end of the year. I got to do activities with this class. Now, one of the activities we did is um, a treasure hunt. So I organized for the students that are like a treasure style box. It was just a hard cardboard one that I got in one of those, you know, cheap stores. I forget what they're called, dollar shops or something. Although it probably cost about $15. And inside I put different treasure items that they would like. There were some lotto tickets, you know, just like a row of 10 $1 lotto tickets. There were uh, chocolates and uh, I can't remember, just a whole movie, some movie tickets. I'd spend a bit of money on this, probably about $100. I just really wanted, this was my end of year gift to these students, put a bunch of things in there that I knew that they would really love. And then what I did is I wrote out a bunch of clues. Now, I will admit I had help. So my son, Josh, who was also an ESL teacher at the time, and my niece, Courtney, who I've spoken about before, I enlisted their help because this is a huge undertaking. So what we did is we wrote out a whole list of, I think it was something like 12 or 20 clues. And this was done in Southport in Queensland. So... The first clue was, uh, it was always a a rhyme, it was cryptic, and it was a little rhyme saying, you know, welcome to the challenge, you're on a treasure hunt, blah, 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 and, you know, look for, uh, on a particular, like, because these are adults, so they can go on the roads and everything, you know, look for a particular animal um, that, uh, I forget, I don't know how it worded, but anyway, it described this huge statue that they had in Southport at the time. Um, I forget the name of the road, uh, Narang, Southport Road, uh, where they cut it off and you could only walk in it at this point. Uh, and it was a statue of this koala. Anyway, so on the butt of the statue of koala, early hours of the morning, Josh and Courtney were running around sticking these clues. So the first clue, which they all got written on the board and they all had to copy down on their notebooks, led them so to that 
uh, koala statue. So then they had to look at the koala and they found, you know, students would find it. Now they were told the rules. They weren't allowed to remove clues. They had to photograph them or write them down. So then that clue, uh, when they found it, they had to take a photo of it, run away and then look at it with their partner. And that clue led them to somewhere else. So then generally, I think from there, it led them into the shopping center, which led them to another clue, which was underneath a chair in near the cinema. And they had to find that. So you imagine they were rushing in there, but, you know, in, and they worked in pairs so or in small groups. And so they had to then not look conspicuous to the other groups that they'd found a clue. It was hysterical. I mean, Courtney, myself and Josh, we were positioned all over the area so we could see what they were doing and where they were and how they were going. And we were like reporting back to each other. And, um, you know, you'd see students like casually sit down, basically looking around, pretending that they're just having a rest. And then one of them would suddenly just like dip underneath the chair and take a photo and then sit back up again. And then they'd all just walk off as a group because they didn't want other groups that were milling about in the area to see what they were doing that they'd found that clue. It was really clever, actually. I wouldn't even have probably thought about it. So then they'd go from there. That clue would lead them to somewhere else, to somewhere else. We even got a couple of shops on board that agreed to have clues in their shop, which was fantastic of them for doing. Um, and so they'd have to go in and ask for a specific thing. And then when they asked for it, they were given the clue to photograph, which is really neat. So this whole thing took them a couple of hours. By the time they followed all the clues, which led them to the position where we had actually hidden the treasure and they had to, and it was very inconspicuous, like it wasn't easy to find. And then finally, so at the end, you've got groups of students all milling around getting close to the treasure. Um, and, you know, you've got lots of photos and videos of them all running around excitedly doing these tasks. You know, this was the most they ever, ever, ever tried to comprehend English was in a treasure hunt where they had to decipher these, you know, uh, rhyming clues. Um, and then when somebody finally wanted, they're all screaming and jumping up and down and photographing it. And the lovely thing is, is they always share. So we always made sure that with the prizes, there was enough that, you know, groups would share with others. So they would always, but they'd keep the best parts for themselves, obviously, because they won the prize. But the level of excitement and watching the students, I mean, I wish when I was a kid, I had had a teacher do a treasure hunt because I just would have really loved it. I never did one, but I got to do it through watching my students. So, okay, so that's one of my favorite lessons I've had that I've done. Another one is a scavenger hunt, a little bit similar. So with the scavenger hunt, um, again, you usually do these on activities days, like ESL schools have activity days or out you know, days out where you can take your students and do things with them, uh, particularly if they're adults, but even with kids. Um, and so we'd have a whole list of things that they had to do and they got points for the things on the list they did. So maybe there was 20 things and, and the first one was uh, get a photo together with someone walking a dog, which meant that they would have to go up to someone in the park who was walking a dog and say, excuse me, but I'm doing a scavenger hunt. Can I please take a photo with you? So they had to interact with strangers. Um, and we did give them, I mean, they're adults, so it wasn't a big problem, but we did explain to them about being polite and how to approach people. Um, and they would have to do that. And then they'd have to find certain things, photograph certain things. Um, and all of these sorts of things, they had to take photographic or video evidence that they'd done them or bring something back to show that they had it and just 
watching them do that and then counting up all the points and the team with the most points at the end got the prize. And again, you know, we'd get something really good like movie tickets or something as the prize for the group um, that actually got back, uh, <clears throat> sorry, with the treasure hunt first, uh, sorry, with the scavenger hunt first. So really exciting. That's another one of my all-time favourite lessons um, that I've had. Other lessons, you know, have been um, part of study tour where I've had different activities with study tours where we've gotten them to do plays and then they've written the play themselves and help we've helped them you know with their dialogues and and what they're going to do and getting props and so forth and and then they act them out and watching the students do that just incorporating that in part of their lesson each day and then seeing the fruition of that where they get to act and you video them and they take that home and show their parents and their family, you know, their performance, Th those sorts of things I've always really loved as well. They're some of my favourite kinds of lessons is, is that where they've done that. So uh, lessons where we've taken students out and had them, you know, involved in some sort of exciting process. Now, in the ESL classroom, because you can't always be out, um, I've had some favourites within the ESL classroom. One of my favourite lessons that I love to do with classes is called blind da uh, speed dating. Sorry. So speed dating. This is a lesson where, you know, you usually need to have at least 10 students in the class. It works best if there's 10 or more. And you line them up boardroom style. So you have the ta long table with the chairs either side. Nobody sits at the ends. So the students are all sitting opposite each other. Now, what you do is you have to demonstrate and explain to them about a hobby or something that you have a skill and you talk about how to do it. So I will write, I wrote my skill on the board um, and then I would put bullet points under, like on the other, like I'd make it like it was two pages. So one side had my skill and the other side had a list of bullet points about my skill that I could explain. And I'd explain to students and they'd be like, yep, that's nice. Yep, 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 good. So I demonstrated it. Now I told the students, right, here's a piece of paper for you each. On the top of the piece of paper, you have to write what your skill is that you can do, whether it's cooking a particular thing, playing a musical instrument, doing something with computers. It could be whistling through a leaf. Um, it can be like any kind of skill, particularly the most unusual ones are fun. But any skill that you've got, you've got to write what that skill is on the front and you've got to put that in front of you like um, a little notice. And then you have to have a, a list of things that you you can talk about or if you can remember it that's fine but just think about what you can tell about this particular skill and how you can help someone to learn it or understand it so then all the students had their little um, signs with their skill on it and so I'd say to one side of the the table stand up and they'd all stand up and I said the other side sitting down put your skill in front of you so they would all put that in front of them and as an advertisement and then those standing I said okay you can move around and choose who you want to sit down and talk about their skill with. You've got five minutes to talk and then you have to move. So they would all rush around and choose somebody and sit themselves down and then they'd all get chatting and the person sitting down would ask them and they would be interacting and talking about it. It's like, oh, and they just go crazy and they're all just talking about their skills and then you blow the whistle on five minutes and a lot of times it's like, oh, do we have to? It's like, yes, 
don't let it go on beyond five minutes because you want to keep up that level of excitement. So then all of the students who had just sat down recently, they have to stay seated and they have to put up their skill in front of them. And all the students who were the ones that had their skills the first time they talked about, they have to stand up and you say, okay, guys, off you go, choose who you want to talk to. And they all rush around and try and pick where they want to sit and who they're going to talk to. And you do it again. And you flip that over. So each time it's like, it takes five minutes to get them all settled. They all settle down, then five minutes to talk. So 10 minutes each flip. And, you know, if you've got at least 10 people in the students, you can do, you know, five to 10 flips. This will take up a full lesson and each student won't get to talk to each person about their skills. They'll only get to do five to six times that they'll talk to somebody and then they'll have five to six times they'll get to talk themselves. So can you imagine the maximum student talk time in the classroom? Hi, it's Lynn here. I hope you're enjoying this episode of T-Cell Talk. I just want to let you know that if you want to teach English as a second language, then the best way to get started is by getting your TESOL certification. Of course, my recommendation for the best TESOL course is a TESOL Australia course because I wrote those. I wrote them because there are so many important things I felt were missing in TESOL courses that were on offer. So I put everything in that I wish I had been taught when I was first starting out. If you have any questions or if you need someone to help you figure out a plan to create a rewarding and impactful career teaching English as a second language, simply go to our website, tesolau.com. That's T-E-S-O-L-A-U.com and fill in the form to get professional advice on your exact situation. Also, if you ask for the TESOL Talk discount, we will give you an extra 100 off the course of your choice. Now let's get straight back to the episode. It's pretty much 90% um, and students are really enjoying this and, and they're interacting. Now, obviously, you need your students to be at a very minimum pre-intermediate Immediate level, but this really works best for um, intermediate, upper intermediate, and advanced students. But this is one of my all time favorite high energy, maximum student talk time. Everybody gets something from everybody else, like life skill interchange type of lesson that I absolutely love. Now, Another one that I really enjoy doing, and I've mentioned this one before, is my um, love and relationships biography exchange. Um, and this is one that is actually in the TESOL Australia course book that you can copy and it has all the questions, but they're all very controversial love questions. And oh my God, a st adult students love to talk about love. They really do. It's like the all-time favorite. So you have all kinds of interesting questions on there like, um, would you give up your family for love? Would you move to another country for love? Uh, if if you cheated, would you tell your partner? I mean, they get really like, you know, all kinds of questions are in there. And you would be so shocked by the answers that you get. And so you have this biography exchange. If you don't have a copy of it on you, you can um, like worksheets to hand out. You can actually just write it up on the board before the class starts as a grid with the questions in each square. And then when the lesson begins, explain it to the students and 
ask them to copy it down on a piece of paper, make up the same grids. And then what you do is you get them all to stand up and they've got to walk around and they've got to ask a different question to a different person and move around the classroom. And they have to actually write down and record the partner's answer. Um, and they, you can keep it anonymous or you can give names. So either way, the other way to do this is you can do it in pairs and they can just do it sitting next to each other if you want, but it's more high energy if they're all moving around. And then by the time they ask and answer all these questions, so it takes them roughly five minutes to ask someone a question and get their full answer. And then they have to ask the other person a question and get their full answer. Actually, we're getting close towards 10 minutes per question and there's 10 questions. So there's 100 minutes. So you can see what I mean. You have to really monitor the time with this activity. So then you get them all to sit down and you say, great, now I want a volunteer to tell me their answer that they got from somebody for question number five, which could have been, you know, if you cheated, what would uh, would you tell your partner? And then, you know, they give the answer. You're like, ooh, and then you say to everyone else, all right, what would you do? Hands up those who would tell, hands up those who wouldn't. And it's quite surprising culturally the difference on how people would react to this because, you know, some cultures will view it that they're hurting someone unnecessarily just to ease their own conscience and should they do that. So it's really interesting to see people's takes on these things and there's no judgment, absolutely no judgment here. Um, and, but it's a really great interactive 90% student talk time type of activity. So I love biography exchanges, but my all-time favourite is love and relationships. And as I said, that's actually in the TESOL guidebook. If you, uh, for those doing the TESOL course, you'll get to see that there. And, and for God's sake, use it. It's just so good. It's a beauty. So these are pretty much my all-time faves. I do have others that I do and some that I mostly do with teaching children, like, you know, Minefield, where you set up the classroom with all the tables and desks um, to force students to walk within uh, a corridor that keeps bending. And then um, they have to be in pairs and they're timed and one has a blindfold on and the other student has to stand in front of them and walk back. Uh, uh, yeah, backwards, leading the student forward with the blindfold through the minefield without bumping into anything. So it's like two steps forward, one step to the right, once more, more, uh, go back, you know, all of these instructions. And so for pre-elementary and pre-intermediate students, these are great, you know, activities. And then if they bump into something, they have to go back to the beginning and start again. And all the students are like laughing and giggling and everyone's enjoying themselves. And then the students that get through the shortest period of time, they win some sort of prize. I love having prizes. It's just me. So there's lots and lots of great activities and lessons. But Again, these are my all-time faves that I will always use because, you know, students just love them and get so much out of them. What are your faves? Feel free to, to let us know. You can um, contact TESOL Australia if you have some favourite activities or if you have more requests, uh, any requests for what you'd like a podcast to be about, feel free to contact info at tesolau.com and request um, something specific or tell us about your favourite activities and lessons for the ESL classroom. 